Episode 4 of Basement Combos starts now. Live from northern New Jersey, it's episode four of Basement Convo. Steve, how we doing? Doing well as always, Dave. Yourself? Good. Going back to college soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Two days left. And yeah, back. it stinks. But we've had a great run here so far. We've had four yeah, or five episodes. Um, I had the breaking news one. But besides that, this is going to be our fourth episode. Our friend Andy's back at school now. But uh, Steve going back next week. Me going back the week after that. We're still going to do the podcast. It's going to be a little bit harder, but we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll figure it out through uh, online. We'll have like a kind of a speaker going through. So yeah. We'll, we'll get it done, but it won't probably won't sound as great, sadly. But we're looking forward to the summer too, where we're, we have a huge setup and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, be getting, we'll be getting things into full force in the summer, hopefully, and that should be fun. Looking exactly. So we usually do our podcast on Thursdays, but uh, today we're doing it on a Friday just because of the Giants press conference to introduce their new coach, Joe Judge. And that was going to be a huge topic on today's show, just to talk about it and analyze his press conference. And Steve, what'd you take away from it? Um, I, as a Jets fan, I'm, on, I'm honestly jealous. I mean, I, he hasn't shown anything as what he can do as a coach yet, but based off that interview, he, he's, he, he kicked it out of the park. Like, I mean, he was so confident and he got to the point of what he wanted the, the organization, where he wanted the organization to be quickly. He was just so confident and so well-spoken that it's hard not to like fall rooting for a guy like that. I think in New York, there's a lot of pressure for any press conference, like yeah. any team. It's, there's just a lot of pressure because it's the New York media. But Joe Judge, I think, had extra pressure just because the last two coaches of the New York Giants have failed. And more importantly, he had to prove yesterday because he doesn't, have a, he doesn't, he doesn't get to prove why he's the coach for another six months until September. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he had yesterday for a half an hour to show why the Giants chose him over Matt Rule or over Mike McCarthy. And I think he did a great job. Everyone on Twitter was saying he did a great job, all the big media people. And all the media people at the Giants facility were saying he introduced himself to everyone and he was professional. And look, a press conference means nothing in the end. I want to see what happens in September, October, November. But yesterday, taken away, like, dude, he's going to be good. Yeah, you you can be a great, like, spokesperson and then you you can't produce anything on the field, but I don't think that's the case. I mean, I personally think... Coming out of New England, I think he will be a better head coach than if McDaniels gets a head coaching job. I think Joe Judge will be a better head coach in the end than Josh McDaniels. Well, here's the thing: like we've seen Josh McDaniels as that's a just head, head coach. Take. Yeah, we've seen Josh McDaniels as a head coach before. That was before New England, obviously. Yes, yes. So that's different. Second time around. But Joe Judge has a clean slate right now, and he's got something to prove. And he he seems like a guy that can control the room. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but. I mean, look, he took what I took away was he's going to be a leader and he's not just some offensive genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be he's going to get coordinators in here that are going to do their job, but he's controlling that locker room. And in the past with Shermer and um, McAdoo, that was not the case. So like going back to the Jets, too, that's the same thing with the past coaches for the Jets and even Gates. Right. Yeah, They're just exactly. coordinators. Yeah. Like. Explain to Bulls the was defensive. Ex- exactly. Explain the bull. Like, explain the Bulls' experience. Well, I mean, Bulls was a really defensive-minded coach, and his first season coming in, he, he was ten and six. We we're like, all right, this isn't bad. First season, ten and six, and then you could see how the offensive mind really wasn't there the next next few years. It was it was really brutal. And now with Gase, I mean, nothing is there. Like, he, exactly. He's just awful. But if you break down the past four coaches of the Jets and the Giants, two and two, mm-hmm. McAdoo, Shermer, Gase, and Bulls. Like you don't like get fired up for them. No, not at all. You don't at all. 
Like, especially Shermer and uh, Bulls. Bulls. Like, I, I Bulls seem like a nice guy, but he's like, he you're was, not excited. He wasn't energetic. He wasn't like someone you really wanted to play for. Same with Gase. I mean, not only players like Gase, there was reports coming out that the locker room was turning against him. Like, I don't know. It's just not, not like those past two guys. And then McAdoo and Shermer, you don't want to play for him if you're an NFL player. You know? And I was an advocate to fire Shermer, obviously. That was all over my Twitter and stuff. But a big part of that reason was because I have no trust in Shermer. I have no trust in Gettleman. And that's the case with all my teams. So, like, I look forward to, like, hope in an organization. So, like, for the Yankees, my hope in the Yankees organization is that, A, they spend money, and, B, they have Brian Cashman. Yeah. For the Rangers, they have a great GM in Gordon. Okay? So, going on, like, just even more teams. You can, like, you can break down your teams. Like, you have a good GM now. Like, that's your hope with the Jets, yeah. right? Like, your hope is yeah. not Gates. Your hope yeah, is the GM. Exactly. So, this past year with the Giants, like, I knew Shermer wasn't the answer, and I knew Gettleman wasn't the answer. So, now to have hope and judge, like, it's exciting. Yeah. And I know, once again, the press conference means nothing, but he came over as a leader, and I saw videos on Twitter of him talking to the players, and they looked like they were already buying in. Like, they were looking up to him, even though he's only 38 years of age. And I like how the Giants went young, and they don't usually do that. And what is Gase? What is, you think Gase he's is like? like he's late-ish, 30s. So, and we'll see what happens with Gase, too. We're not, ta- we're not bringing this to a Jets conversation right now, but, like... If he's not good this year, like he's got to be gone. I mean, I wanted him gone this year. Obviously, it's a little too yeah. early to tell. Um, and they already guaranteed him to uh, to be extended through twenty twenty, not extended, but just to be returning uh, as like week eight this year was crazy early. I wasn't happy about that, yeah. but I mean, we'll see what what they do with him. I think if he has another flop and there's a bunch of drama going on and he still is, you know, thinks he's above everyone in the press conferences, then they'll can him too. But like I said, you get a chance. You have hope with the GM who comes from the Eagles, who comes from a good good organization. Like I did not have trust in Gettleman and Shermer. So now to have hope in a coach and maybe if Gettleman's gone next year, he takes over his GM and has the Belichick type of role. We'll see. That'd be very interesting for the Giants because I think Gettleman is definitely still a problem. I think Judge coming definitely reduces that problem, but it's going in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. So let's get to the games that are were happened last week in the wild card. Um, my picks did not go over well. I know yours went over decent, so yep. you talk about the first game first. All right, so first game was Bills Texans, uh, wild game. Bills were up sixteen to nothing at one point. Texans came all the way back, went into overtime, and Deshaun Watson had a heroic play. He was hit by like two Bills defenders in the pocket, spun out of it and then threw a dump off for like a 30-yard pass that led to a touchdown, uh, or a field goal, excuse me, to, uh, to end the game in the Texans' three-point lead. Um, so that covered. Uh, that was my prediction. I had Texans to win by a field goal. They won by a field goal. Uh, wild game. All, all the wild card games were actually pretty, pretty crazy. They were great slate of games. To what make it think? clear, though, we picked the game straight up last week with Andy. We picked them just who we thought were going to win, but I agree with what you said. But I took the Bills, and I was on record saying Josh Allen is a great quarterback. And I do think he's a great quarterback. But look, this was his first playoff game. So you like you can judge someone's first playoff game, but like there's a lot of pressure on you. No, yeah. And he was away, and he showed up in the first half, but the second half he didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a talented thrower yet. I think Deshaun Watson is miles ahead of him as a thrower, and especially with Watson having more experience than Josh Allen, especially even not far in the playoffs, but in the playoffs getting your feet wet. I thought that that edge kind of would help the Texans more than the Bills. Well, I totally agree with you. I do think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I just think he can be inconsistent sometimes. Yeah, and I think Josh Allen this year had a great year, and he showed it in the first half of the game, but not in the second half. Maybe my bias just because I'm a Jets fan and they're in my division, but I, I'm, I'm just not personally. I think he's he's got Josh ways Allen's to go. great for the, the, the goal of the Bills, which is run, ground and pound and defense. 
I don't know how great he can throw the deep ball here and there, but just not great accuracy. That's just my opinion. I don't think he's a that talented of a thrower yet, but that could change. Exactly. So now on to the Titans Patriots game. Uh, we were both happy to see this result. Uh, I yeah. picked the Patriots though, just because I needed to see the Patriots lose at home to not take them. Yeah. But you took the Titans, right? I did take the Titans. I had a weird feeling going into this game. There was a lot of personnel going the Titans' way. It was just an odd. I had an odd feeling. It felt like it felt like the Titans had had a weird edge to this. And they, they did. They, they came out, and uh, they played really well. Um, and seems like the Patriots' dynasty could be over. Yeah. Don't want to speak too soon, but who knows? No, it could be over. Uh, we can get into the Brady conversation later, maybe yeah. in this episode, where we think he could go. And we'll have that discussion over more podcasts to come. Yeah. But look, Belichick did all he could. He's yeah. the best coach in this league for a reason. He kept them in it. And this team honestly wasn't that talented. They were shorthanded. They were not a 12-4 and four team. No. They played easy teams this year. Yeah. They played, like, the Jets twice. They I mean, played the Giants. You, play, you, yeah. play, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they played the Dolphins played the twice. The twice, you're gonna, you know. But, look, Derrick Henry destroyed them on the ground. They couldn't stop the run. 75% and, of their offense was, was through Derrick Henry. And he embarrassed them, honestly, at home. So, I was happy to see it. I know you were happy to see it. Andy was not happy to see it, and Patriots <laughs> fans weren't happy to see it. But look, the Titans might have a chance against the Ravens, and we'll talk about that later. I think they have a better chance. I think they have one of the best chances out of. Uh, I think they have a better chance than the Texans. We we'll say. I mean, we'll so now onto the Viking Saints on Sunday, and that I thought that was a great game. That was a fantastic game. Shocked that the Vikings pulled it out. I'm happy for Kirk though. He's been had all this slander to him, where he can't win a big game, he can't win a Monday night game, he can't win a playoff game, and he comes out and he pulls out a huge win against the Saints who are favored by like they were heavily favored. I like Kirk Cousins, but I also don't like him. Like he's just a good guy, but he's not a great quarterback. Exactly, yeah. I I fall for him cuz it's like he's a great guy. It's hard to root against him. Like he always does the right thing. It's not his fault he was overpaid, you know? But like, I get how he's under scrutiny because he got a big contract and that was kind of one of the first big big contracts off the free agent market for a quarterback yeah. that is not great because usually if you're a great quarterback you stay with your team. He turned down more money from the Jets to go to the Vikings, so I'm actually happy that he didn't take the offer. But but right now it's working out for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, he got a big win against the Saints. I did not think did this was going to happen at all. I thought this would all. be a blowout but for look, the Saints. But what what are your thoughts on the game? Um. Well, uh, it was the, it was Dalvin Cook. I don't think he ran. For, did he run for over 100? He got 28 carries, 94 yards, yeah, two touchdowns. Just about 100. I mean, he, he did what he's been doing all year. Yeah, he's been running the ball. The Vikings are extremely talented. They have a bunch of talented players on the roster, and then Kirk Cous- and it, then it falls back on if Kirk Cousins can produce, and he did. He did enough. He he had that that key touchdown to Kyle Rudolph. The Vikings did exactly what Joe Judge wants to do for the Giants' future. They ran the ball. They play defense, and they're physical, and they're coached very well. Mm -hmm. So hopefully Joe Judge does that for the Giants. But Mike Zimmer's a great coach. He did a great job going into New Orleans Mm -hmm. under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And they produced. Mm -hmm. And I think that defense is very underrated. Oh, yeah. No, I do too. Uh, Xavier Rhodes has been having a rough year. But, I mean, you saw him playing through injuries. He had, like, something going on with his shoulder or a collarbone or whatever. He came right back next play, had a huge stop on third down. Then he came out limping to the sideline like – Guys, Warriors. So they, they got they got players on that team. Their front's good. They're yeah, good their front is very They're good. They're just huge. Yeah, they, they got some monsters. Hunter, yeah. Joseph. Griffin. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jeez. Now on to the Saints, though. Let's let's talk about the Saints a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. Taysom Hill, he's a Swiss, Swiss Army oh knife. I mean, I, I like the use of Taysom Hill. I didn't – originally, I didn't like how much he was being used in this game. I was like, all right, now they're getting a little carried away with it. They're getting a little too cute. 
and I was proved wrong. But he it was worked. just getting chunk plays after chunk plays, and it, it was just insane to watch. You saw Troy Aikman. He was saying, I don't really like any play where Drew Brees is on the sideline and Taysom Hill comes down and throws a 50-yard pass. And it's like, geez, what, what can't this guy do? And he was the leading rusher on the team, actually. He had four carries for 50 yards. I mean, yeah. I think Kamara was definitely hurt all year. I mean, yeah, something some didn't seem right with him. He didn't look as explosive, as you know, shifty as he did previ- last year. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he was hurt or not. There was probably something going on. He was hurt at one point in the year for a few weeks. But Drew Brees really had no excuses in this game. None. I mean, he's home. None. You got and Michael Thomas on your team. Like, I mean, you have weapons. You have Alvin Kamara. You're, you're home. I mean, it's, it is a no-excuse kind of loss. Talking about quarterbacks I love, I do love Drew Brees. No, no, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. But he had no excuses in no. this game, like I just said. And um, he didn't play bad. He went 26-33 for 208 mm-hmm. and 1 TD. But he did throw an interception, and yeah. he did have that fumble. Yeah, that, that was, fumble was brutal that was key that was, that was costly that was that his first fumble of the season i heard well the saints all together only had eight turnovers the whole yeah, regular season. i think that was his first fumble of the entire season or second so very crazy. very small number yes but. but i thought that game was great uh speaking of the saints janoris jenkins is an all pro when he plays <laughs> for the saints so the saints love just taking old giants quarterbacks or cornerbacks eli apple Jonas Jenkins, oh, yeah we'll see if they keep <laughs> both of them this offseason yeah who knows all right on to the seahawks eagles game um I wasn't too interested in this game. The only reason I was interested in this game was because um, the Eagles. Obviously, I want the Eagles to lose. But I was not interested in it because I knew the Seahawks were going to win this game regardless if Carson Wentz was hurt or not. I think, like I said, Russell Wilson is a top three quarterback in this league. And we'll get to quarterbacks later in this show. But everyone else was saying, like, the Eagles, I don't know. The Eagles have a chance. And this is the one pick all weekend I got right. I mean, the other games I did mess up. <laughs> the Bills game I was really mad about because I thought I had that game. Yeah, David texted us. He told you guys Bills and it was 16-0. <laughs> but, look, the Seahawks play defense, and that's what they've been doing for the past decade under Pete Carroll. And Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Yeah, pretty much. DK Metcalf had his uh, outbreak of a game. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, he's he phenomenal a, that game. He's an animal. I mean, the Eagles – they, they they came up short in a few possessions. I think every uh, red zone drive they had ended in a field goal with nine points. I think they were inside the 20 every time. Well, look, you got a 40-year-old quarterback yeah, in McCown going out. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Out. And he, the report just came out. He was playing with a torn left hamstring in the second half. McCown? Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, I saw a report this morning that Carson Wentz actually reported his own concussion to the Eagles, and it wasn't the Eagles that noticed it. So, being... Like, seeing Eagles fans, they're going to be pretty pissed about oh, yeah. that. They're going to kill oh, Carson yeah. Wentz, especially they're going to say he's not Nick Foles. He's a baby soft. in the – yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then McCown's playing through a torn left hamstring. Exactly. That's even worse, you know? So, look, Miles Sanders is a rising star. He's going to be great for the Eagles in the upcoming years. They have a great coaching staff. I know Jim Schwartz is interviewing for the Browns job. Yep. He won't get that, though. I know he'll be back with the Eagles. I think McDaniels will probably get that. Probably. But it was a good game. Overall predictable game. It's what I – I mean – it could have been closer. The Eagles had a bunch of chances, but I, I figured that the Seahawks would find a way to win in the end. If Russell Wilson finds ways to win. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. So this is the best week, this upcoming week of divisional playoff games. This is mm-hmm. the best week of football this year. Yep, a bunch of good games. The first game is at 4 o'clock on Saturday, and it's Vikings 49ers. What's your opinion on it? I think the Vikings' run is over. I, I think they, they've had their magical win. Kirk Cousins has got his win under his belt. And I think the 49ers come in here and handle their business in advance. Do you think that's true with the spread, too, with the minus seven? Minus seven? I think, I think it would be exactly at seven. Okay. I think they would, it would push if you were to bet. 
Look, I know a lot of people are high on the 49ers. I think you are high on the 49ers, right? I am. I think they will win the NFC. I, all year, have not been high on the 49ers. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is honestly just an average quarterback. I think he is. It's Kyle Shanahan's system that helps him a little bit. Definitely. And they've been running the ball. So if they don't have the running game working against the Vikings, you know. And Mm -hmm. obviously the Vikings stopped the run last week. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. This game is in California, obviously. So I do think the Vikings will lose this game. It's outdoors, um, even though it will be warm. I mm-hmm. just I just think the Vikings will lose this game. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, the run's over. They have a great coach, but I do think Kyle Shannon's a better coach, and he's going to draw up a good game plan. Um, my, minus seven might be a little much, in my opinion. Maybe a little much. I think, I think it's uh, it's so close. To, it's too hard to tell. The lines are so close. It could be a little too much. It could. I probably would put it at like six. But straight up, I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah, definitely straight up taking the 49ers. And the 49ers could end up, if they win this game, they could end up getting better on the defensive end with Quan Alexander returning possibly the next week. That's true. That is true. That that would be huge. Very good. That would be very, that would be huge for them. So now on to the 8 o'clock game on Saturday, Titans-Ravens. The Ravens are obviously home. Uh, I think this is going to be a sneaky pick. I'm still going to take the Ravens. I don't have the guts to take the Titans. But if Derrick Henry can run the ball against this Ravens team and they can hold the like hold the ball for mm-hmm. possession wise mm-hmm. i think they might have a chance what's what's your thoughts i think uh spread is what 10 it's 10 i think i think the titans cover 10 i think oh i definitely think so too but you're straight up yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah straight up i'm definitely taking the ravens yeah obviously. I, I don't think the titans they're not they're not talented enough especially at the quarterback position compared to lamar to win this game um i think they stick around for most of it though i wouldn't count them out i mean I was high on the Titans last week. Obviously, I don't think they have as much of an edge. They had a really emotional win last week. I wonder how they come off that high this following week. Um, but in the end, I think the Ravens, they're the more talented team. It's Harbaugh versus Vrabel. I'm taking Harbaugh. Even though I do think Vrabel's I think Vrabel's great, great, but I think Harbaugh's better. So I, I would take the Ravens to win this game. So now on to the Sunday games, which I think are the more, more interesting games for me. I agree. I, yeah, so... Texans-Chiefs, the Chiefs are home for this game. The spread is minus 10, Kansas City. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think the Chiefs cover this. I think they they handle their business pretty easily here. Um, I don't know. The Texans in divisional round games, they've been historically blown out recently. Um, And I think that that's what the Chiefs will do to the Texans. Uh, Mahomes is great talent. Tyreek Hill seems to be healthy now. Um, Bunch of weapons on that offense. And their defense is not bad this year. They have they have a few pieces in Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, and they're, it's feasible enough to where they can they can win games and rely on their defense a little bit. So I think that's huge for them. I think the Chiefs win this game. They're home. That's yep. a great place to play in the playoffs, yep. obviously. Um, but Andy Reid has to show up. He's not been a great coach in the playoffs. Uh, he's a time great, management has been questionable. He's a great regular season coach, but he hasn't shown in the playoffs yet. So I want to see that for him because I do think he's a good coach, and I really like Mahomes. So I do think the Chiefs come out of top. I think Watson's a great quarterback, but the Texans are very inconsistent at times, mm-hmm. and especially away from home. I don't know what's going to happen. The Chiefs are rested. Mahomes is rested. I mean, he's been hobbled all year, so we'll see what happens there. But – Look, they have the better weapons. Uh, the Texans, all they really have is Hopkins. They have Hopkins and Watson, and that's pretty much it. So we'll see what happens. And now on to the late game. This is the, my favorite game of the weekend. Seahawks traveling to the Packers at 6 o'clock on Sunday. I think this game is a complete coin flip. What do you think? I, I think the Seahawks you are going to win. You think so? I, I, I'm on the record all the time saying Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. 
And I think Russell Wilson is better than Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Even though I do love Aaron Rodgers, I think he can be a little cocky at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has to show up in the playoffs, too. I yeah. mean, if he thinks he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, he's got to show up. And I know it's tough going into Green Bay, but the Seahawks can play in any conditions. I really like Pete Carroll. I'll take Pete Carroll over LaFleur. I just will. So, yeah, I would, too. We'll see what happens, but I'm really, really looking forward to this game. Yeah, I'm interested in this game probably the most on the Sunday. I think it's definitely a more interesting game other than Chiefs-Texans, or instead of Chiefs-Texans. Um, I think it's a it's a coin flip for me. I really, uh, If I were to go with a pick out of my gut, I would go probably Packers by like one to win right up, straight up. I don't think they could. The spread is Green Bay minus five. I would take the Seahawks all day. Yeah, I would take, I would ta- I would take the Seahawks plus five for that too. I mean, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is the better talent. Russell Wilson is playing better. And that's there. And there's really no excuse for Aaron Rodgers to not be playing better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has a rookie receiver, three hurt running backs, and Aaron Rodgers has Aaron Jones, who's like second in the league in rushing touchdowns. And then you got Devontae Adams. I mean, outside of that, his weapons aren't great for wide receivers, but still, you have Devontae Adams. Russell Wilson would kill for a Devontae Adams. I, I, I know DK Metcalf's been playing well, but he's no Devontae Adams yet. I'd agree with that, and I think Green Bay has a great running attack. They and do. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, they're one-two punch. Seattle has to take advantage of the run, too. I know they don't have any of their starting running backs from the regular season, but Marshawn Lynch has to show up this game. He decided to come back. I think he needs to show up, and they have that rookie homer, so he has to show up, too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens because Green Bay sometimes is very iffy against they the run. They are also, yeah, they're 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 an iffy team in general. I think uh, thirteen and three is a great season. I don't know if that's how talented they are. Probably scale like that. You know what I'm saying? All right. So now we're gonna go to NBA for a couple minutes. We're gonna talk about the local teams recently. Um, I know your Knicks are doing pretty decent, but let's start with the Nets. So. There's been reports that Kyrie Irving is will be back in the next week, which is very good news for Brooklyn Nets fans. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see that. It's about uh, time. He's up there in All Star votes, and he said something about that yeah, a couple days that. ago. He's like, if you're gonna root for an All Star, basically vote yeah, me. You want to like, see an All Star show? Vote me. So yeah. we'll see what happens. And Durant's obviously not coming back this year, but Kyrie coming back is huge for this Nets team, who is on a skid. I, I agree. Um, I, I do also agree that. Kyrie Irving in the All Star game is, you know, it's it's a must see. You want you want to see him, see what he can do in like an All Star game type type of feel of a game. But I think Kyrie Irving will give him a punch uh, that'll help him coming closer to the playoffs. Um, Regain control of a late yeah, seed, which they need. They which do. they need. They've been, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been iffy recently. They've been up and they've been down. They've had winning streaks and losing streaks of a few games. Um, and I want to see if Kyrie Irving can handle that and kind of get him coasting again. I know it's all about next year and the year after and the year after that for the Nets because Kyrie and Kevin Durant are here for mm-hmm. four years. Yeah. But I think it's essential they make the playoffs this year just to get some experience for the young guys in the playoffs because next year when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are healthy, their goal is going to be Eastern Conference Finals slash NBA Finals. Or bust. Exactly. Exactly. So they need to make the playoffs this year just for a round of playoffs. I know Kyrie has experience, obviously. Kyrie aside, you and DeAndre Jordan a little bit. Yeah. But... Besides those two guys, all these young guys, Jared Allen, Lavert, they got to experience the playoffs. And I know they did last year a little bit. With but, Russell. Yeah, but now you got Kyrie there, so you need to, you know, you know what it's, I mean? It's, it's a different game with Kyrie Irving than D'Angelo Russell. I know they're both ball-dominant guards, but it's Kyrie Irving is just a different type of player. And you want to see how, how the rest of your team responds with him playing. But regardless of that, I just think they need more playoff experience and it wouldn't yeah. hurt them. So to get a 7 or 8 seed, which is very doable in the Eastern Conference, they should, they, yes. that's their goal. Yes. 
So, and Kenny Atkinson, I know he's been praised as a great coach, and I do think he's a good coach, but recently he's not been a great it's coach. Fantastic. I know a couple of games ago, I heard in overtime he did not play Levert, and that is puzzling. I know Levert just came back from an injury, but if you want to win a game and you need to start winning games Player soon, players. you got to play Levert, who's a top three player. Unless in their team. he was hurt or something we don't know about. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't play him. He didn't say that in the post game, yeah. so you would have probably said it to back him up. But now on to the, your team, the Knicks. Yeah, so the Knicks, uh, they had a winning streak going. Now they're back on a little bit of a losing streak. I mean, you can't expect this team to keep a winning streak going. I mean, they're not not—they're just not there talent-wise. It's just good not to see them losing every game like they were with Fisdale. And Mike Miller seems to be the difference in between that. that they're, they're picking up games here and there, which is good. Uh, they beat the Blazers and Mello's return to the Garden. That was fun to watch. Mello played really well, too. Um, and then they went on a four-game skid traveling in the West. Uh, Phoenix was a tough game. Clippers, they they hung in there. They almost won it. Marcus Morris had 38 points. But now on to Marcus Morris because he's he's going to be the future over the next two to three weeks leading up to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, What do you think? Do you think he's going to be there or not? So the Knicks say they're not looking to trade him and Marcus Morris wants to stay there. I don't know how true that is. I'm not sure if that's a strategy just to try to get the best offer you can get for a team to try to pry, them, pry Marcus Morris away from them. Or if they're serious, I, I would definitely like to see him traded. You gotta trade him if they're all, you're, if you're gonna get a first round pick in return or even a, a, a good young player and a second round pick. You gotta take it. I mean, Marcus Morris is good. Don't get me wrong; he's having a career year, but he's not the future. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Marcus Morris has really showed out this year, and it's been impressive. And it's, it's been, been fun to watch too. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. It's been fun to watch, but uh, yeah, his time in New York is definitely done. He's got to move on. Uh, he's got to get traded. And the Knicks got to get a pick. I think it's going to be a short stop for him in New York. I think he's, I think he's going to be out of there. But I think the Knicks should trade all their forwards, honestly, that they signed this summer just to get something out of them. And, and we'll I see saw, what they do because it's the Knicks. But I saw Bobby Portis was looking, uh, was having interest around the league. I would trade him in a heartbeat for yeah, literally anything. Like, exactly. I would take anything for him. So that will conclude our NBA talk for today. It's going to be very brief up until the NFL playoffs end and the Super Bowl ends, basically. But we're looking forward to covering the NBA trade deadline and the playoffs. But now we're going to do our first segment. And our first segment is, which remaining QB would you want if you were down a score with two minutes left? So I'm going to run through my list first. My first quarterback is going to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson checks all boxes above average. And that's just basically because he can throw the ball, he can run, and he's poised. So I really like that about him. Number two is going to be Patrick Mahomes for me. Patrick Mahomes has a big arm. And number three... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is really efficient and is probably the most experienced out of all these quarterbacks left. And he can also run the ball. So I think just knowing he can get escape out of the pocket with a new coach who's creative really puts him up there. Number four is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is a sneaky pick. Jimmy Garoppolo is poised. I think he's poised just because he's he's very confident in himself, which is huge in a quarterback. And he's stuck behind Tom Brady for multiple years. He learned under the GOAT and under Bill Belichick, which is huge. Number five would be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson comes in at number five for me basically because he's the best runner on this list and he's had a breakout year. So I think his confidence is at an all-time high for this playoffs. Number six, Deshaun Watson. I've been very critical of Deshaun Watson on this show and I still am. I just think he's very inconsistent at times and that will show in the playoffs at one point. So, And why not on a two-minute drive that won't show? Number seven, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been good for a long time, especially in the regular season. Playoffs has been iffy in big-time games, but I think – he definitely is over Tannehill just because I don't think Tannehill is that great of a quarterback. And obviously number eight is Tannehill. And I just don't think I would not want him at all. 
So, Steve, take it away with your list. Yeah, so my list at number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. I think his big playability is just far greater than anyone else on this list. That's why I have him at one. Number two is Russell Wilson, also a great big playability, tons of experience. His arm talent just isn't it's, – it's phenomenal. It's just not as prolific as Mahomes. That's why I have Mahomes one, Russell two. Uh, and then I have Aaron Rodgers at the third spot. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. You know what you're getting. Like, never count this man out. You're always you're always in it when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. He's so precise with his throws. So that's my first tier, I would say. One, two, and three, Mahomes, Wilson, and Rodgers, my first tier. And then at number four, I have Lamar Jackson. So hard to prepare for as a defense. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Run the ball the best out of anyone on this list, as David previously mentioned. Uh, phenomenal year. So he's coming into the playoffs, like, really feeling himself. Uh, number five, I have Deshaun Watson, great dual threat quarterback. Guy's a winner. He has great arm talent. He can he'll lay you out on the ground too. Um, I think he has a boom. He's a boomer bust kind of quarterback for me, especially in the playoffs now because he is inconsistent. He has had some flops, but I I think I would I'd put him at five just because of his ability to make a big play happen late in the game. Uh, at six, I have Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's, he's a very steady quarterback. Like he doesn't have a lot of flaws. He's precise with the ball. His offense is really fluid and you really know what you're getting. And that's what you want when you're in, when you're on a playoff team. Uh, so that's my second tier, four, five, six, Lamar, Deshaun and Jimmy Garoppolo kind of who I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with having them on my team for a game winning drive. And then at seven, I have Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think for this year, cause this list, this is based off this year. I think I would rather have Ryan Tannehill currently lead me in a two-minute drill than Kirk Cousins, who I have at eight. I think Kirk Cousins is more susceptible to throwing the dumb pass late in the game. They'll eventually get picked off. So that's my list, and that's my last tier, seven and eight, who, who I wouldn't really want uh, on my team leading a two-minute drive is Tannehill and Cousins. Great job, Steve. So that's going to conclude our show for today. We're going to be watching these quarterbacks in depth this weekend, and we're looking forward to the games. And thank you so much for listening to these past couple of shows. We're looking forward to it. Me and Steve have been together for these past shows. But next episode, obviously, he's back in college, and yep. I'll be back at Rutgers in two weeks. So it'll be a little bit harder, but we're looking forward to it. And keep the listens coming. Rate on Apple Podcasts because now we're on Apple Podcasts, which is very exciting. They're available everywhere now. And look, we're doing a great job so far. You guys are helping us out with the views. So – Let's get at it.